Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a, just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I don't know why you'd return anything, because what? (laughs) But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee, so if the dryer or your dog eats a sock, or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. (laughs) That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintage colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Hey everyone, welcome to Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure. I'm Matt. I'm Dory. And if I did this right, you're hearing a brand new episode this week. I did not do it right last week. And, you know, let's be honest, since Henry's been born, we've probably had 12 or 13 episodes, I would assume. Yeah. And I've probably effed up five of the 12, maybe even seven of the 12. No, I don't think it's been quite that many, but I was going to say it's like around four or five. Yeah. You've messed up. You know, what am I going to say to you guys? Other than I apologize. Thanks for all of the being cool with it. Um, If you heard, if last week was like a repeat episode and you were like, oh, forget it. All you got to do now is uh, head back over to where you get it. Delete the episode you have from last week. Redownload. It's the right episode. I fixed that at 6.30 in the morning on Monday. 9.30 in the morning East Coast time. But not in time for 
not uh, for a lot of you to not get the wrong thing again sorry it's a what would i call it uh yeah i tried to put in this new uh naming system of the podcast where i date the file you know so now if you go look at the main master file you'll see that there's a date next to it so last week i'm just like oh there it is seven seven and then i put it up because here's the other problem with that when you're a dad of a new baby you don't know what the date is. Well, it was stupid me trying to think I would solve the problem with the date. Oh goodness! But you know what? You know what? Our good friend Norm always said. Not cheers, Norm. Norm Abram of this old house in the New Yankee Workshop. Measure twice, cut once, mm-hmm. and always take the proper safety precautions as always. So, look, I measured once and I cut once, and that was on me. Well, you had to cut twice. I had to cut twice. I measured once, cut right. twice. Oh, I reversed it. Yep. So, Dory, sorry, it's mostly her fault. <coughs> Did anyone believe that? Did anyone? 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 No one believed it. Oh, all right. Well, you're right. It was my fault. Uh, so, it was, it was um, I remember the morning that last Monday, because Dory came into, like, I just saw Dory staring over me from in bed, and I was like, hey, "What do you need? Do you need me to take the baby?" <laughs> She's like, "You put the wrong episode up again." I was like, "What?" Ah. Well, I said, "No, I didn't," because I was sure I put the episode with the date up. <laughs> and uh, turns out I did. Here's the thing: if any of you use a an internet browser known as Safari on your apples, your Apple Toshes. You'll know the way that Safari looks at the Finder is very strange. The Finder is weird. It says, like, up top is the past seven days. So one would think that anything I did that day would be in the past seven days section. No, no, no. It's at all the way at the very bottom. So, again, my fault. But, you know, sorry. Mordecai didn't mind because he listens at 2x. So he's like, I knew it was the wrong episode first. Um, he probably re-downloaded. I hope he did. If we yeah. lose, if we lose Mordecai, there's no reason to do this podcast. You're not wrong. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's the apologize section of the apology podcast. Moving on to other things. Speaking of apologies, I know one clinic in Los Angeles is probably sorry about something. <laughs> Great segue, honey. Nailed it. Um, Dory said they want us to talk about this. What do we call it? A snafu? Uh, yeah, rather large snafu. Yeah, like an eight pound, nine ounce snafu. By by the by the time it was all said and done. Yeah. On a couple of instances. Yes. Or same person, two babies. Well, the the babies that were in her. The babies that, that this woman gave birth to were not related to each other. Yeah, okay. That's interesting. She gave birth to them at the same time. Correct. Wow. Yeah. So what we're talking about is a, a clinic in Southern California, the place we call home, uh, accidentally put the wrong embryos in uh, on a transfer. So what they were left with was uh, two very healthy babies and a very disgruntled customer. My guess is the two other customers were probably pretty disgruntled. Everyone was disgruntled. It's like, I well, 
I, on the other end of it, right? It's like on the uh, parents of the embryos. Maybe they were like, "Oh, I we didn't want to have that baby now. Now we have that baby, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera." I mean, what a what a mess. I mean, look, if I was the woman who had the embryos in her, you sue them into the ground, join lawsuit with the the other family, and then. Once that's all settled, hopefully uh, at a at a way that is fiduciarily responsible, uh, those families that have the babies should pay the woman the surrogate fee. There you go. You've solved it. That's Matt Myra's court. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. Um, the one of the couples who who got their baby back, I guess. Um, They said that the clinic had called them and said, we need you to come in for a DNA test. And they assumed it was just like, they didn't, the clinic, one of your, one of your tests, regular tests, exactly. Your work ups. The clinic did not say, uh, we mistakenly gave your embryo to someone else and there is now a child. Yeah. So I don't know. It was CHA in Los Angeles. It was yeah. the clinic. I had never heard of it, but what a nightmare! I, I, yeah, it's hard, even hard to wrap your head around the yes. scenarios. And I mean, what does it come down to? A lab tech, a mislabel. But do you think the embryos were organized by the past seven days? <laughs> And someone took the the embryo on top. And was like this must be the latest embryo. Yep. And they they and, measured. They only measured once. And they <laughs> they, they cut twice. Yep. Um, yeah. I don't. I mean, I don't know what to do with that. Like you would think in in those scenarios that there's like many safeguards to prevent that from happening. One would absolutely assume. I mean, even when we would do the embryo transfers at at, at California Fertility Partners. Uh, they the 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 triple checking of the yeah. embryo on the way in was was you know gave good peace of mind. Yep. Uh, a lot of codes, a lot of numbers, a lot yep. of names attached to the embryo. Double checking. Yeah. Before it goes out of the lab into the. But ultimately, anything that humans window. are involved in doing has the capacity for human error. There you go. That's why Dory is supporting. AI taking over every aspect of life. Oh. Yeah. Cool. I inferred that. Thank I would I, I would have AI post our podcast. Ugh. What a dream. What a dream. I'm not even intelligent. I'm just artificial. <laughs> um Yeah. So those are our thoughts on yeah. that situation. I mean, look, our our baby has light hair and blue eyes, so we think sometimes, hmm, is this our baby? Yeah, but he has the coloring of all babies in my family, yeah. except for me. Yeah. I, I did mean, not have that coloring. <laughs> none of us had that coloring. <laughs> but on, like, on the Myra side. my nieces and nephews are, yeah. are pretty fair. Yeah. Must be a dominant gene that's in your... Bloodstream, but I, but I, I was always under the impression that light hair and light eyes were recessive. Yeah, but I mean, I have my dad has blue eyes. Your right. dad has blue eyes. But there's no light hair in your family. Let me run down the brain, my brain here. 
Correct. I mean, I'm going guys, back like three generations. You guys are swarthy Mediterraneans. Yeah, we're 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 a bunch. We're a swarthy bunch up there. Yep. In the uh, Iberian Peninsula. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, uh, is it a peninsula? I don't know. I just yeah, call it, it is. A, great. There we go. <laughs> um, so apparently Henry's ours. Just got a lot more chiffrier than we would like. I feel hey. like there should be a little more Myra in there. He looks exactly like you. What are you talking about? But we just discussed how his skin and eyes and hair don't match. Yeah, me. but he looks like you. Mm. It's mm. like he looks like you, but he has my family's coloring. Which, I mean, if you're going to look like me, you should at least get the benefit of tanning. <laughs> I know. I feel so bad for him. I was like, I just... I mean, just... I have been in the sun for a week. I was like, there's just one thing I hope. This is what I said before he was born. I was like, I really just hope he doesn't get my skin. And boom, he got my skin. Now, that's not to say that we're ungrateful for our baby. (laughs) Listener who quit the show after we had the baby. Um, Yeah. Henry's, uh, you know, Henry's a good kid. He really enjoys a guitar. I'll tell you that much. He really enjoys a guitar. Uh, it's nice because he doesn't know what good playing is versus mediocre playing. Uh, that's why I always think like when you're like tuning or like, I'm like, he doesn't care. Well, I tune <laughs> so I can at least listen to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't want him to be like, dad, this is garbage. That B string is very flat. <laughs> um, so yeah, I will say like, it's been, uh, He's 12 weeks old. He's doing a fun thing where he smiles when you walk in the room. Uh, and he like, giggles. Yeah, when you go to change him in the morning, which I do, um, I, get the, I get the nod. Um, and I go in there. And uh, boy, does he think it's funny when you're changing a poopy diaper. <laughs> He's like, I made that one just for you, Dad. Yep, yep. I mean, yesterday was a three wet wipe, three wipe situation. Today was mm. only a one wipe situation. Oh, that's nothing. I was, I, but you know, it was a decent amount. I was like, I look, I was looking at the wipe. I was like, how is there not more? Mm. What did you do? How did mm. this work? Tell mm. me about it. I'd like to copy it for my own uses. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, we went to uh, we went to Rye uh, this today. We started a Rye class, which if you're not familiar with it. It stands for uh, really intelligent excellence. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> resources for infant educarers. Educarers, not a word. They made that up. Um, but uh, you know, it's pretty chill. It's good because it's all babies in the vicinity of Henry's age. Yeah, and uh, it's it's sort of like a time for the babies to be babies and yeah. and sort of explore their surroundings. Without much baby uh, adult interference, rather. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have to say, first class out of the way, thumbs up. I enjoyed his time there. I think he enjoyed his time there. I hope he did. I mean, he seemed to be pretty much like he is at home when he's in his baby jail. Yeah. Which is like, oh, His oh. yes space. Yeah, now that's a term that I only heard come up um, the other day on Instagram for the first time because I posted a picture of Henry with a guitar, mm. part of my baby guitar of the day series. Um, 
which I never described the baby or the guitar, which is funny to me. Uh, so if someone asks in the comments, I'll be like, it's this. But uh, someone said that they're, um, they were made a joke of like, oh, this must be why my baby doesn't like their yes space. It needs a left-handed guitar. Ah, yes. And I was like, what the fuck's a yes space? <laughs> a yes space is a rye thing. Is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. The idea is that you you put a you put a baby or a kid in an environment where you can leave them alone and it's a safe it's a safe environment for them. Yeah. So any and it's like you never you don't you wouldn't put them somewhere where it's like, oh well, they can be in there as long as they don't like pull that lamp down. Or remember how I was saying like when he's able to move, we're gonna have to block off the yes. Yeah. So that is like you have to adapt your yes space to the kid and his abilities. Like right now it doesn't matter because he's not mobile that it's like one side of the yes space is the entertainment center. Right. Um, But when he's able to move and pull himself up, it'll be dangerous for that to be open to him. Correct. Because the idea is that you want to be able to leave them in there alone. And also thank God we have secured that television. Yeah, Exactly. Um, now I'm kind of like, should I secure that entertainment center? I know. I was but thinking like, that too. I don't really see a way where, where it falls over. Yeah. It would be, have to be like a 9.9. I know. And we just, but we would, we just also have to make sure that he can't climb on it. Oh, by all means, I've climbed on it. It's f- not going anywhere. I know, but I don't want him to climb on it. Right. We'll put the other, we'll put another wall of baby yeah. jail. Um, and so, yeah, so we can put him in the yes space and like I can go get my pump and put my pump in and, and sit there and pump while he's in the yes space. Yeah. And, you know, Matt can I grab another guitar, grab another guitar. Like you want to I think the idea is also you want to get them comfortable being able to play independently, that they don't need you around to be playing. That's, um, I, you know, that seems to be a thing that Henry is uh, good with at this point. Yeah, he's, you know, he's he never... A really chill baby. He doesn't cry when you leave him in the yes space. No, he doesn't mind being alone. Yeah, which is great. So it could be me. It could take after me in some other respects. Mm. Interesting. I like playing by myself. Let's see what he does at Home Depot. Does he buy a lot of unnecessary gadgets that will live in the shed? These aren't gadgets, honey. These are full-blown Z tools that are oh, for a specific job that I undertook but should not have undertaken. Mm-hmm. Well, at least you've admitted this. Uh, guys, just because you watch a lot of videos on YouTube about doing auto body repair work <laughs> doesn't mean you should do it. Doesn't mean, you know... If your wife, let's pretend she cracked the exterior uh, quarter, rear quarter panel of a Volvo, you know, and the lease is up in two weeks. Doesn't mean you should take it upon yourself to try to fix that. Um, long story short, I'm very friendly with Carlos over at, uh, at the paint store in Los Angeles. Uh, I sort of uh, just nod my head when I walk into Anawalt buying new sandpaper. Every day, oh guys, there's some new thing that comes, thing that comes, and something that Matt needs to I buy. Have to go get. 
And he started over like three different times. Yeah, I'm on the I'm on the fourth attempt. But he has promised that if he's not able to fix it by tomorrow night, then we can take it to an auto body shop. Yeah, my goal, and this is gonna be hard because I have to go back to work tomorrow. So my goal is by tomorrow night to have sprayed the clear coat. Uh, so we'll see. Right now, I'm doing a lot of body shaping and body work to get that panel as smooth as humanly possible. I'm talking, you know. You know, got to get it nice and flat. Get the primer on there. Make sure the primer stays where it's supposed to be. You know, sinking into weird crevices I didn't see. It's a lot of effort. If you are out there and you're a listener and 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 you do auto body repair, you are an artist, and uh, it's very silly of a, another human being to think they could do such a thing. Uh, guitar builders. Uh, uh, if you're building solid body guitars, it's all right. I can do that. But if you're building acoustics, you're also an artist. Um, long story short, send help. Yeah, we've reached the send help portion. <laughs> we've reached the, I bought an air compressor and an HVLP gun. High volume, low pressure. Oh, God. It is. I'm now at the point where it would have cost less to have taken it to a place. Oh, God. Are you serious? Oh, for sure. Oh. I think. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all thought it might get there. But that being said, I plugged the compressor in and then I was like, maybe I should just rebox this up and take it back and then we'll be back under. Don't worry. We'll figure it out. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to figure it out, honey. Don't think I won't. What is Dylan going to say about all this? I don't know. He's teaching finance, so <laughs> I try. It started with good intentions of I know saving it did. money. I know it did. And it, it did. just turned into this boondoggle. Uh, yes, yes. Boondoggle it is. So if there are you have any boondoggles out there you'd like me to take part in, let me know. Don't forget to smash that like button, hit the bell notification. Um, should we take a short break? Have you tried body work? Oh. Tell me about it in the comments. Okay. Oh, God. Why did I do that? Anyway, let me just knock the business out and then sure, we'll sure. BRB. Okay. So, guys, remember, leave your Apple, pod- leave your Apple Podcast reviews. Don't forget, we have a Facebook group. It's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash excellent adventure. It's a great community for people who are going through the hell we call IVF. Uh, there might be an offshoot group about auto body repair. I might start it. Who knows? Uh, go to excellentadventure.com. That's our website. You can support us on the Patreons at patreon.com forward slash excellentadventure. You'll get two bonus, up to two bonus pod- podcasts every month. Our Twitter is at excellentpod, and that's where you can go to tell us that I put the wrong episode up. And I will be the one checking it. Email Dory Matt at Gmail or Matt and Dory at Gmail. Our phone number, of course, is 413-461-BABY-BRB. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a, just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet, not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I uh, don't know why you'd return anything because what? <laughs> but they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. <laughs> That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, well, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, if for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Hey, everyone. We are back. Hello. What's shaking in Eggtown? Eggville? Old egg and new egg. Um, the great Gadsby. Uh, so a couple weeks ago, we heard from Sarah, who has had a bunch of chemical pregnancies. She's in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we heard back from her again last week. Yeah. 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 yeah when I asked her about her, uh, her super tests. Yeah. yeah. So we got an email from someone who is at not CCRM New York, but is at RMA, which is another clinic that Sarah had gone to. Mm. So here we go. Uh, It's from Rob. 
Hi, Matt, Dory, Henry, and Bo. Just wanted to reach out in relation to Sarah's emails as my wife is a fellow patient at RMA of New York. We have unfortunately had a similar track record, having had a miscarriage last November at the five slash six week mark, then a failed transfer. And most recently, a second miscarriage last month, again, at the same five slash six week mark, always just missing the heartbeat appointment. We met with our doctor to discuss next steps, and she has recommended a hysteroscopy once my wife's levels have returned to normal. As Sarah stated, RMA doesn't do the actual procedure, but I believe would help to schedule to get one done. While we plan to have the procedure done, time is not on our side as we are moving down to Raleigh, North Carolina in a week and a half for my job. We're driving down on the 28th. We will schedule the procedure for down there, but we've decided after that to take a break from IVF Mm -hmm. as we settle into our new lives in Raleigh and work up the strength to try again. So I hope Sarah can find the answers she's looking for, and I hope my wife and I can get our answers as well. Thank you guys for continuing the podcast, and I look forward to continuing to hear how everything goes with little Henry. And he adds, we are moving to an 859 square foot apartment. Uh, Him, his wife, Lisa, and uh, their dog, Jazz. (laughs) They also recently got matching tattoos. Interesting. Uh, With a symbol of infertility awareness and the two small turtles on it are for their two miscarriages. Oh, wow. That's very sweet. It is very sweet. Um, Should we get matching tattoos? Mm. Of me? Yes. Just me giving a thumbs up. Yeah, that's That'd cool. That'd be cool to have that the, the tattoo. Would we get you with a beard or no beard? Beard. Okay. Always beard. And hat? Always hat. Well, most of the time. And glasses? If I can find them. Okay. It's a hard part of finding glasses when you don't have glasses on. Mm, yes, it's a bit of a conundrum. It is the age-old, uh, you know, one-hand clapping. Totally. Um. All right. Uh, Rob, I wish you the best of luck. In your move, in your whatever you decide to do with IVF, your new job. I hope the 859 square foot apartment that you're moving to is somehow bigger than your New York place. Yes, agreed. Um, All right, I'm going to play a voicemail. This is actually a voice memo that someone sent us because she is in the Netherlands, I believe. That's right, everybody. Don't forget, you can send a voice memo. You just email it on over, and we can play on the show like a voicemail, so you don't have to pay any of those pesky international charges. Yep. All right, here we go. Hi, Matt and Dory. Um, I'm calling in from the Netherlands. My name is Tamar, and um, I'm a long-time listener or actually maybe not that long but i have like binged a lot of your episodes i think i've been listening since half a year or something um and i've really gone back and listened to the old back catalog um anyway uh, my wife and i are also doing uh, ICSI at the moment um and we're a bit of a special case my wife is trans uh, so we're a lesbian couple but uh, my wife um, is a trans woman and before she transitioned um, she froze her semen so um, i was the lucky lesbian woman who actually got a relationship with a woman and to, be, to later learn that we might be able to have our own biological child one day. So we're trying for that right now. Um, another thing that makes us special is that I uh, am disabled. I have a chronic illness called POTS, postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. 
um, which makes it very difficult to be to be upright for anything longer than a minute or so. Um, so outside of the house, I use a wheelchair and I have uh, really low energy. Um, however, it should be possible to be pregnant and to, to uh, have a child. Um, I might not be able to take care of it a lot uh, independently. Um, but that's true for a lot of people who work. So uh, I am not bothered by that so much. We will, the, the child will go to childcare a lot, I guess. Um, so I was wondering, um, I don't hear so much of people who are um, in our situation, uh, both like with the cis um, trans women combination i hear a lot of trans men uh, trying to be uh, to have children uh, both by being pregnant themselves or by um, uh, like having a child with their wife or both their girlfriend um, but i don't hear so much about uh, couples where one person is a trans woman like in our situation and also I don't hear so much about people going through ID IVF and stuff um, who have a disability like me um, also we are actually making our own podcast now I don't know if you want to like uh, have this on your show because it's like um, how, how do you say that uh, advertisement no, don't no, worry advertisement. sorry my english is not that good uh, but for the dutch listeners your english we is do great. have a podcast now in which we record our own xc adventure oh, that's cool it's called mensch in the mac in case you might be interested it's in dutch um thank you so much for this podcast and i hope to hear from other listeners who are in situations resembling ours that's uh I love it. So many there's so many variables. Yeah. So many combinations of people yep. trying to have these uh crank butts. Yeah. Tamara, thank you for for leaving us that voicemail. Crank butt, by the way, is my nickname for Henry. Um Yeah. That is we get a lot of different signals going out. Yeah. You know? Yep. But I feel like Knowing our audience, we're going to get well, some signals back. I completely agree. Yeah. Maybe not the exact same situation. Honestly, would not surprise but, yeah. me. It yeah. Literally would not surprise You're me. You're not wrong. Um, but that is, I'm impressed that you are going to carry that baby because you're already tired. And these babies... Make it more tired. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and uh, smart on the on the semen freeze. Yeah, that is smart. Very smart. I wonder if that's part of a the the procedure, or like part of the like the counseling. If you're going to um, if you're going to change gender, if they're like here's the deal you should think about freezing your eggs or freezing your semen beforehand just in case down the road you decide to want baby to want crank butt yeah i don't know i don't know if that's part of it now i'm asking yep now we're asking signals 
are out. Thank you for the voicemail. Yes, thank you. Also, your English is great. Your, your English is really good. I mean, gosh. You know, when I was in the, um, when I was in like Helsinki, you know, regionally mm-hmm. similar. Sort of. In that. They're both in Europe. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think of the Dutch and the Finns and the Swedes as the, uh, that section of Europe that is, uh, it loves a winter sport. Sure. You know. But the Netherlands are not, they're not in Scandinavia. Well, that doesn't, well, not what I'm saying. What okay. I'm saying is they all speak English. Very well. So well. Well, I think that's a function of coming from a country where the only people who speak the language live in that country and there's like not that many people. Right. Especially in Finland. Right, right. Like in Nokia. That's true. <laughs> also, the Dutch were like crazy colonizers. Yeah. Um, but I don't think anyone still speaks Dutch in the former Dutch colonies, but maybe I'm wrong about what that. What about uh, the Amish country? The Pennsylvania Dutch are German. Sons of bitches. Yeah. That, this whole time. That's like a big misconception. Why would they call themselves the Pennsylvania Dutch? There was a, they, they did this poll a few years ago where they they found out that like, I think like 25% of people who are Pennsylvania Dutch don't realize that they're not actually Dutch. Wow. Yeah. Um, but Afrikaan, which is, you know, a language in South Africa, is yeah. derived from Dutch. Hmm. Why do I know so much random trivia about Dutch? I don't know. I think you know random trivia because of you have a master's degree in European history. That could be. This is Dory's History Corner. Thank you for tuning in. Good corner. Finally get to use that degree. <laughs> um, all right. This next email is from Jocelyn. Hi, Dory, Matt, and Bo. My name is Jocelyn. You'll, you'll, you'll hear soon why she didn't say hi to Henry. And I came to Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure via Nerdist and Star Trek The Next Conversation. Mm-hmm. I put off listening to Excellent Adventure because I hoped I would never be in a position to need fertility treatment. But here I am, a full-blown egghead <clears throat> and struggling to get knocked up. Mm-hmm. I've been binging the podcast now for about a month and I'm up to episode 79, which aired April 8th, 2018. For reference, Matt just quit smoking and Dory just quit her job and Bo is making progress on walks. (laughs) Oh, and Matt has been saying buckle up quite a bit and I'm here for it. It's very true. It's been such an interesting experience listening to these older episodes because I follow you both and Bo on Instagram and know you have a little one now. So every time a retrieval or transfer hasn't gone well, I still am able to have hope for you because I know that 2019 Matt and Dory finally have the baby. 2016 to 2018 Matt and Dory we're working for. God, 2016. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So here's my deal. I'm 38 and have been married to my 41-year-old husband for six months. Congrats. We love being newlyweds and I've been trying to get pregnant since our honeymoon. Mm -hmm. We're no dum-dums. We (laughs) know that fertility decreases sharply in women in their 30s. And because I'm one of the last of my friends and family members to get married, I'd been paranoid about not being able to conceive for like 10 years. Like many other single or dating women my age, I've been on the pill for basically ever and went off a couple months before our wedding. Unfortunately, what we have found since then after doing all the tests and working with a team of REs 
is that I have premature ovarian insufficiency. Essentially, Mm. I'm running out of eggs way faster than I should be. The doctors gave us about a 1% chance of conceiving on our own. Okay. By the way, my mom had me at 38, and my sister had kids in her 30s without a glitch, to which my doctor said, huh, well, what happened with you? Nice. That's great doctoring right there. So... We're about to try another IUI with a different med and injection protocol. And if that doesn't work, looks like we're on to IVF batching. The thing I wanted to bring up is this. It's clear to me that everyone going through this grieves for all the little and big things we lose out on of conceiving naturally and with ease. But I feel this added sadness about the time that is passing. I'm astutely aware that my mom, who has a physical disability, is aging. My dad passed away eight years ago. Mm -hmm. And that my husband's parents are aging rapidly. And that our sweet Sadie girl is 11 and graying and has this degenerative joint disease. Oh, no. My point is, whenever I express the sadness about losing this fantasy future of my kids, kids slash kids, knowing my mom well into their teens, or my kids slash kids being raised with sweet Sadie girl, people tell me it's beyond your control. It's just how life goes. Things happen the way they're supposed to, yada, yada, yada. And I know all those things are mostly true, but I... I want to know if other eggheads find themselves grieving over those same things. Does anyone else feel sad because they know their kid won't get as much time with their grandparents slash dogs slash aunts slash uncles, et cetera, that they wished for? Or even sad that because of my age, I won't necessarily be around as long for my own kids. That knowledge makes all the stops and starts of fertility treatment even more frustrating for me. Not only am I literally running out of time because my eggs are spewing out like an overactive bubblegum machine, but I'm running out of time of having my mom around to help me and my husband raise this future baby. I've already lost the chance for our kids to know my dad. Anyway, I don't know if you still read excellent emails or if you're even still discussing fertility stuff on the podcast. Sure are. Because maybe it's now a baby podcast. Nevertheless, I'll keep listening and hoping to hear this email addressed once I get to episodes in the 200s. In the meantime, send us some egghead energy. Lately, I've been holding friends' babies and rubbing them for good luck. In addition uh-huh. to taking one zillion supplements, acupuncture, Reiki, and laughing while my husband talks to my ovaries, we'll take all the good juju we can get. Thanks so much for the podcast. Sending you all lots of love. Uh, Jocelyn, uh, this is an issue that has come up on the podcast. Yeah. A couple times. Uh, in the 200s, I think, even. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And the thing you're saying about the dog, look, I get it. Oh, do I get it. That got kind of emotional as I was reading that. A little sad. Yeah. Started tearing up. Why? Because of Bo, our dumb dog. <laughs> and our crank butt baby. <laughs> um, you just sort of want the dog to live forever. And the baby to live a normal baby human life. You mm-hmm. know, like... 95, 100, <laughs> and then both still around. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think all your feelings are very valid and something that we've discussed on the show before. Yeah. Um, and in reference to that, it's like, yeah, Dory's, Dory and I are old people. Uh, our parents are, you know, mom's doing great. Don't worry, mom. I know you're listening. They're not, you know, they'll be around. They'll see the kid do lots of kid things kids do. Um, but my heart does go out to people who that might not be. And anything can happen, you know. I could uh, walk outside tomorrow and get struck by lightning. And instead of superpowers, I could just end up dead. Unlikely because the weather here is pretty unlightning-y. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. I do. Yeah. 
You can't. It is true that people are saying that it is beyond your control. You know, absolutely. So it's it's advice I often give, but can never follow myself. You can't. You can't dwell on something you can't change. Again, give it. Cannot live by it. You're welcome. Yeah, I mean, I sometimes do feel a little sad about this. Mm-hmm. I mean, look. I also feel sad that, like, I might not live to have grandchildren. No, you're side of your family. You're not going anywhere. Yeah, that's probably true. You're going to be, like, a bajillion. Yeah. And then you'll be stuck with just that marble statue of me I had commissioned. <laughs> And the, <laughs> and the seventeenth bow, <laughs> and bow the bow bow seventeen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we really got to look into this whole dog climbing oh, situation. God. All right, but before we do that, we're going to take a short break. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just sixty bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince—they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and three hundred sixty-five day returns. We're back, everybody. Hello. Um. Where are we in the world of eggheads? Well, do you remember last week? We, Probably. We got an email from a woman who is training to be a labor and delivery nurse. And she was wondering what to say to people who are yes. in labor and delivery when they're having a DNC. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a couple of really good voicemails about this. I love an RGV. That I would like to play. Yep. Let's hear it. Hi, Matt, Dory, Henry, and Bo. This is Catherine, a previous writer and caller in about um, miscarriage on vacation, uh, a uterine septum, and uh, my four-week-old having pyloric stenosis. And now I am calling to respond to the nursing student who is asking what she can do or say to patients who are undergoing a DNC or a DNE. Um, there's really nothing that she can say that's going to make the situation any better. Um, the thing that helped me the most was just when the nurse held my hand all the way into the operating room and all the way out. Sorry, I'm choking up because it still is so raw. But just hold hold her hand. That's it. That's all you can do. Um, I think it's really wonderful and empathetic that this um, listener was asking for advice on this because you're right, saying the next time you're going to be here will be to have your baby is the 100% wrong thing to do. I heard that many, many times through through my three miscarriages and and literally until I heard my daughter cry, I did not believe I was having a real life take-home baby. Um, So good luck to this caller. Um, I'm really pleased to hear that such empathetic people are getting into the field um and i wish you the best of luck and i don't think i ever told you guys this but we are um a husband and wife a 10 month old baby and a 45 pound rescue dog named tally 
in about 1,800 square feet in New Jersey. There you so go. There you go. All right. Thank you, guys. Love the podcast, as always. Take care. I love, love the people who still send me their square footage. It's very interesting. It's, it's, you know, I just need to know. Yeah. How much space are you living in? What are we at? 1250, 1300? Something Maybe like 1300? I think we're more like, yeah, 12. Yeah, it's more like 12 plus my shed. Yeah. <laughs> um, Which is what, like 50 square feet? 10 by 12, 120 oh, square feet. Yeah, so it's bigger, Come on. Than, bigger than I thought. No, it's not 10 by 12. That's a lie. It can't be. No, it's definitely not 10 by 12. Probably 8 by 12. Okay. 8 wide, 12 deep. Mm-hmm. That feels right. Sure. So, 100 square feet, give or take. Okay. But what is 8 times 12? Uh, 160? 80, no. 96. 96. Thank you. <laughs> um, 160. Catherine, thank you for calling in um, and for that advice. And we're going to hear from one more person mm-hmm. about this topic. Hi, this is Jeannie from Cleveland, um, 1,800 square feet, <laughs> and a puppy and a husband and me. Um, I was calling in response to the question, um, I think that the, there was a nurse that called in last week asking for some advice on what to say uh, to those of us who've been in really difficult situations, and um I guess my my answer to that question is that there's really not much to say, um, but caring uh, the way that you do and wanting to say the right thing is important, and um, kind of just being present and showing kindness um, is is really important. Um, you know, saying things like "This is terrible and I'm sorry." Let me know if I can get anything for you. Um, let me know, you know, if I can get to your husband or anything like that, um, about, about supporting them. But talking about the situation itself, um, I think often leads to people, well-meaning people saying things that, that hurt. Um, so, you know, my, my story is that I, I have, I'm, I've had eight pregnancy losses and, um, during my eighth loss, um, one of the nurses I worked with uh, said something like, well, at least you know you can get pregnant. And I know, I know that Ugh. nurse is coming from a good place, but, um, you know, while I was experiencing an ectopic pregnancy and afraid, um, you know, of all the things that, that you can be afraid of, that wasn't very comforting. Um, I did have one emergency surgery, um, due to a corneal ectopic. And, um, the nurses and anesthetists that, um, were there with me were just, uh, wonderful and supportive. Um, they held my hands and told me it was going to be okay and that they were going to take care of me. And that, um, you know, you know, and they acknowledged that it wasn't a good reason to have to be in the surgery room on a Sunday. Um, but just their kindness was, was the most important. Um, thanks, uh, Matt and Dory, for all you do. Um, and there is hope um, for all of you experiencing re- current pregnancy loss. Um, I'm finally uh, 17 weeks with uh, my first IVF baby, but I experienced eight losses before. Thanks again, everyone. Take care. Bye. Um, hand-holding. Yeah. Seems to be the through line there. Yep. A little bit of human touch. Yeah. Oh, empathetic people. There need to be more of us. 
That's true. World would be a lot better if there was more empathy. Yeah. And a cloned bow. <laughs> I love how he just uses his head like a battering <laughs> ram. Bo just exited the office by just going ahead. Bashing his yeah, head. Like at normal walking speed. Put his head down. Knew it was coming. Nailed it. <laughs> and then just kept walking out there. Uh, shall I close the door? He, he can do whatever. He's going to come in again. He'll use his snout to, to enter. He's probably just like, what's happening? He's staring out the back door. Is someone here? Something's happening, guys. Honey, does he just want to go out? Oh, maybe. Then just let him out. I think the gate is good. This is... Sometimes Bo will just uh, get up out of nowhere and uh, be like, mm, I have to pee. And just get up from wherever he was and just bashes, just hit his head up against the door. Sometimes he'll paw at the back door. Um, but yeah, there he is. He's outside. It was the the way he went out of the room was like a way that felt like there was some urgency. Well, there is. He yeah, had to pee. He did. He's like, well, I can't pee on this couch as no. much as I'd like to. Yeah, it's true. Um, how's the new magic screen? It's great. I don't like it as much. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. I mean, certainly it it's working thing? better. It's a little different. Oh. Guys, we wanted to screen the back door in a little bit, you know, because uh, bugs. So we got that uh, thing I see on TV, you know, with mm-hmm, the people mm-hmm. who, like, walk out to a, of a screen with magnets and go, what? This is magical. So we got that, you know, because it was at an end cap at the grocery store. So I bought it to replace the old one. Yeah, the old one was had some holes in it, and the magnet wasn't working so well anymore. They just weren't. It was the the the, the, the material had stretched. Yeah. So, oh, whose head could that be? There he is. <laughs> Bo has returned and is back on his couch, <laughs> head down. <laughs> All right. Uh, the life of Bo. <laughs> it's pretty idyllic. I mean, it's just you know he's got everything he could need or want. He gets to sleep wherever he feels like, except for our bed. He knows how to make a bed. (laughs) He has stolen a pillow now. For his bed. For his dog bed (laughs) and plops his head on the pillow. (laughs) Our dog's really into pillows. Really into keeping his head. He's into comfort. He's into keeping his head like a little bit elevated. Like just. Yeah, he gets it. Bo gets it. He's a good dog, you know, when he wants to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we heard from several listeners in response to an email last week about how to find a daycare. Yes. Um, and I'm going to just kind of synthesize <clears throat> some of the recommendations. Um, word of mouth. Yeah. And someone also suggested if you don't have local family or friends with kids in daycare, ask coworkers for recommendations or referrals. And some places will even like give you a few bucks off the application fee if it's a if it's a referral. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also a bunch of people suggested 
that you should look up their state license and inspections. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, all daycares. Well, actually, I shouldn't say that. But it seems like in most states, most daycares, including home daycares, are licensed. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems like also inspection reports are publicly available online. Um, and you can kind of check that out. Um, and you can start calling places to see if they're taking new families and also how long their waiting lists are while you're pregnant. This person suggested 20 weeks um, and get a spot reserved. Uh, questions to ask, how they clean, their policy on sick kids, how they communicate with you, supplies provided versus what you have to bring. Earthquake face- plan earthquake plan if you live in california or any earthquake prone place but fire plan um facebook social media policy uh, do they have a parent guide or handbook and this person suggested well she said the best advice i got was to start the baby at daycare a week before you go back to work it will give you both time to acclimate without the stress of having to pretend like you got it all together but are really missing your baby Mm. i thought that was really good advice um and this another person said she's currently 15 weeks pregnant and just put in the application to waitlist her future baby at full-time daycare. So, um, she's Lou. And she also suggests local parenting Facebook groups. Yeah. Dory's all up in those. Love a local parenting Facebook group. Um, and she also, this, this suggestion is a suggestion after my own heart. She says, look, uh, it, Make sure that they practice safe sleep for babies. Right. The place I chose was the only one which doesn't allow babies to have blankets in the cribs and noted on each crib which babies can roll over. Good to know. Mm-hmm. Um, that person lives in Philly in approximately 2,200 square feet. Um, yes, yeah, story is summarizing <laughs> emails from uh, Rebecca... Dana, Dana and Larissa. And Larissa. Uh, Larissa had another po- a good point, which is, at least she's in Texas as well. She says uh, not everywhere had mandatory vaccine policies. Oh, interesting. So some places she rejected based on their vaccine right. policies. Right, I agree with that. And then she also, this is another good point. Others were, were ruled out based on how much vacation time the school took. She says she works in healthcare, so if you know she couldn't, she couldn't do a place that had the summer off, spring break, right. two weeks during Christmas, um, and she wanted it to be close to home in case of an emergency, where her mom could pick do the pickup, um, and yeah, they end up picking a family daycare, hmm. and they're in Austin in a 2,050 square foot home with two adults, two 50 pound dogs, one toddler, and one soon to be newborn. Mazel. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So there's some daycare advice. Um. Yeah, we haven't even thought about that yet. Well, we're we're not doing daycare. I guess we've thought about it. We're doing a nanny. Right. And then when he's like two, he'll go to preschool. We got to think about that, right? Yeah. Do we have to like apply to that eight years in advance? Uh, we'll apply. Not this fall, but next fall. Aren't there places that like you have to apply the second you think about having a baby? That's daycare. There's a difference between oh, daycare and preschool. 
I feel like every time I watch television that takes place in New York, these daycares are very. Well, I think infant preschools care, rather are very yes. Uh, preschools are very competitive in in certain areas. Daycares for in, daycares are tough because I think for infants there are very strict laws about the ratio of caregivers to infants. Like right. it's like one to three or something. Yeah. So I mean, even that seems like it's too too. too yeah. Many. So there's just not that many infant spots. Right. Um, which is why it's really hard to find a full time, especially like a full time infant daycare is like tough to find. Yeah. Interesting. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll be looking at preschools oh God. at some point. Oh God. Oh boy. Um, all right. This next email is from Sarah who says, I was hoping you could discuss your decision to switch doctors back when you were doing IVF. We've been trying for the past two years. I'm 38 and my husband is 40 and have been with the same doctor over, for over one year with no success. We've done several rounds of timed intercourse, two IUIs, and are about to embark on our last IUI. After that, it's time to board the IVF train. We've worked the budget every possible way and can only afford two retrievals. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we want to ensure the best possible outcome. And lately, I've been having second thoughts about our current doctor. He's very thorough with testing and is nice enough, but can be a little flippant. My follicles are always fantastic. My husband's sperm deserves a gold medal and hasn't even given us an official diagnosis. I'm pretty sure it's unexplained, but he's never actually used that word. He'll say things like, we've got perfect sperm and perfect eggs. What more could we want? Um, a successful pregnancy? Obviously, things are not so amazing. It was been, as we've been through 11 different cycles with him with no success, but he seems surprised every Jesus. time it doesn't work. He came very highly recommended for my doctor friend, and another friend used him to get pregnant twice. So I do believe that he knows what he's doing. But IVF is a different ball game, and with only two retrievals possible for us, we don't really have the time or money to mess around. If we did switch, it would be to another doctor in the practice instead of starting from scratch somewhere else. So why did you decide to switch doctors? Did you ever run into Dr. Ringler in the clinic? Was it awkward? Thanks for continuing the podcast. I look forward to re-listening to season two someday when I can finally relate to all the baby and breastfeeding advice. What did we... And Sarah's in the Midwest... Uh, with two adults, one 25-pound dog, and uh, 2,500 square feet waiting to be filled. Mm. I could fill it. I got some stuff for you. Mm, don't take them up on that. Um, why did we leave Ringler? Well, you know, there came a time where your Dory was just like, mm, this is not cutting it. And I don't remember exactly why that was. I think the because straw that my feeling was the same the whole time. The straw that broke the camel's back for me was when we went in, we were going to do another cycle and I only had like two follicles or something, That's right. which was pretty unusual for me. Yeah. Um, and I was like, w- like, why could that be? And he was like, well, you know, sometimes it just happens. You're, you're different from cycle to cycle. It doesn't mean that you'll never have follicles again. Mm-hmm. And then he said, are you under a lot of stress? And I said, well, Yeah course and then he was just basically like well try to be less stressed right yeah and I'm i was remembering like, that now that's not helpful yeah um and so we decided to switch yeah uh and did we ever run into him in the halls uh i we was, spotted we, we him. would see him and then hide immediately <laughs> Like mature adults. Yeah, we would duck into the room, duck out of the room, <laughs> turn my head, you know, every which way you could avoid uh, any sort of awkwardness. 
But at the end of the day, Henry is a product of Dr. Ringler and Dr. Beck. Yeah. So, there you go. Yep. Um, okay. Don't confront anyone about anything. Avoid awkward situations at all costs. Yeah, that's there our advice. <laughs> um, and should you switch? I mean, yeah, I, I think it's always good to get another perspective. Especially if you've... This guy doesn't seem like he's really been that great for you. I mean, am I wrong? I mean, you're not wrong. Speaking of being wrong, am I wrong in thinking that I am so exhausted right now that I don't know how much more podcast I got in me? Um, On top of the fact that I have to do another podcast after this. Well, do you want to take a break or do you want to just wrap it up? Well, don't put it on me now, because then all the listeners will be like, why did you just want every that? Okay, you know what? We're going to shorten things up a little bit. There is one more email that I actually wanted to read last week that we didn't get to that, there we that go. I want to like read this week. Situation. And then we have a couple of uh, items for Dory's Travel Corner. <laughs> and uh, then we can wrap it up. Great. All right, this is from Tiffany. It's been three years since my husband and I first started trying to have a baby. We've had a handful of miscarriages, all unexplained, interspersed with some difficulty getting pregnant. It's been a roller coaster, and I've especially struggled with feeling utterly out of control of my body and unable to prevent bad things, i.e. miscarriages, from happening. Fast forward to now, I'm 29 weeks pregnant with a baby boy, which is the longest pregnancy I've carried so far. So maybe there's a light at the end of this tunnel. There have been some minor complications along the way, some scary bleeding in the first trimester, and more recently, I've been diagnosed with gestational diabetes, which is a total drag. But overall, this pregnancy has been fairly smooth sailing. But here's my issue now. I'm feeling totally unbonded to this baby. There, I said it. That's interesting. It feels so shameful. I look at ultrasound pictures and feel nothing. No real sense of attachment or excitement. Uh, I agree. Continue. When I feel kicks or another movement, I'm relieved the baby is still alive. But I'm missing that joy and love and sense of connection I hoped I'd feel by now. The predominant emotion is still the predominant emotion is still fear. Yep. Even though we've turned the corner to the third trimester, I've trouble believing we will get to bring this baby home from the hospital. Given the context of the struggles we've had getting to this point, I know my hesitation to get attached makes some sense. However, I also know staying detached would not make a potential loss any easier. And if nothing else, it's probably detrimental to my baby's development in utero and once he's here and to my own mental health. So I'm hoping you can put out the prenatal bonding signal for me. First of all, I hope other people can validate that I'm not the first mother to be to feel this way, particularly after multiple losses and or infertility. Please tell me I'm not a monster. You're not a monster. And if they did experience this, how do they find ways to connect with their babies during this prenatal time? Or did they? What was it like when baby was born, when they brought baby home? I'm eager to hear any thoughts or suggestions people have for me. Um, that's from Tiff who lives in Chicago in a 1600 square foot apartment with two adults, one large cat and baby on the way. And PS, she grew up in Bedford, Massachusetts and she loves hearing her Massachusetts references. Nice. Um, Tiff, I, I kind of felt the same way as you did. Yeah. Like it was, it still felt pretty abstract to me. I didn't feel like super bonded with Henry. I didn't even feel super bonded with him right after he was born. I think it took me a couple weeks. I've talked about this on Forever 35, actually. Wow, this is the first time I'm hearing about it. Like, I felt like, I felt like, you know, I loved him and I was so happy to have him here. But when I felt like, it wasn't until I was able to 
have him in the Solly wrap, like mm. on me, like a little kangaroo baby, mm-hmm. that I felt really bonded to him. Interesting. Mm-hmm. You're a monster. Oh. Sorry. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess she's she's asking really from your perspective, so. That makes sense. I think how you feel is totally normal. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're a dad, wondering the same thing. Yeah, I didn't. I was like, all right. This baby, ultrasound pictures, I was like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, okay. Yeah, I mean. Show us a baby. Like, what can you see on an ultrasound? Yeah. uh, Um... And even when he was born, immediately, I was still very much more attached to my wife than my baby. Well, I I think I was in the mode of like, oh my gosh, like this is, I need to keep this baby alive. Yeah. And like my birth, the birth Living was, in constant fear. Yes. The birth was kind of traumatic and then breastfeeding was hard. And also I was still recovering from the C-section. Yeah. And so all of that, it was just like, everything was kind of a blur. Um, and I think it wasn't until I started feeling a little bit better physically and he had been alive for a few weeks and I was able to like really snuggle with him mm-hmm. that I felt like super bonded with him. Yeah. There you go. Sometimes it does take a little while for me to pry the baby out of the carrier when Dory's got the baby. Even though he needs to wake up. <laughs> It's very snuggly in there. I know. I know. But sometimes we need him to wake up so that his naps are not super long. I know, but he's so snuggly. He's a very snuggly baby. Um, All right. This last email. No, actually, we have two more emails. Mm -hmm. Now we're in Dory's travel corner. Okie dokie. But I think this will be very relevant to your interests. All right. It's from Ricky, who says, I recently went up to the Boston area from New York to visit some friends. They live in Malden, and mm-hmm. we stayed in Somerville. Right smack dab in the middle is that new crown jewel, Encore, Encore Boston Harbor. Loving every word that is coming out of your sentences. Hmm. The Encore was a place that me and my girlfriend were trying to convince our friend and her boyfriend to go to, since we've been to the one in Vegas sure. and wanted our friends to try the buffet. Oh, okay. The hotel is beautiful, full Vegas vibes. And the games look all right. The slots have all the franchises you find in Vegas, from the off-brand Mahjong-looking slots to Wonka and Wizard of Oz, the aforementioned James Bond slots. Loving it. Now, we went for the July 4th holiday, so the crowds were expected to be large throughout the city. The casino was as busy as we thought it was going to be. It had already been open for like two weeks at that point. Wow. Half the waitstaff called out sick at the burger restaurant. Classic Boston 4th of July. Well, yeah, 4th of July. Uh, cheapest dining option at $16 a burger with no fries and we had to wait 45 minutes for a four top while half the tables were empty wow to their credit the burger was great but the service and wait were disappointing especially given that both the manager and host didn't even mention the short staff which would have tempered our already hangry personalities overall it was a good looking casino with many dining options that threw me right back to Vegas they do have shuttles from the Wellington tea station I think oh my god they do and even boat shuttles that's amazing next time you're back in Beantown check it out you might be surprised to be transported back to Vegas um thanks for what you're doing with the show Ricky from New York 700 square feet one bed one bath two cats Wellington was the train I would that's the orange line right I would get off 
that's when I lived in Medford. That's that was my stop. Medford. Medford. Hmm. When I lived off the Fells Way. Cool. With my uncle Joe. Uh, Ricky also has a PS. We took a day trip to Portland and stopped at a Cracker Barrel in Tewksbury. <laughs> oh my God, that was that's so close to my old house. What a fascinating little slice of Massachusetts that we saw in there dining on biscuits and pancakes. Yeah, that is literally <laughs> that's on one thirty three. Uh, that is God. That's a mile. That's probably three miles from my old house. Um. We lived on Burnham Road, which is the first street in Lowell from the Tuxbury border. So that's amazing. I love that you went to that Cracker Barrel. <laughs> Honestly, I, you know, I remember when that went in, and I think I've eaten at that Cracker Barrel a total of like three times. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. I'm like, no, I still don't want to go to Cracker yeah, Barrel. Totally. Um, all right. This last email is from Kiara, who says hi matt this is just to you perfect thank you please tell me more about the orby what system did you get we have similar issues with an old stone house built in the 30s and my office is the furthest room from the modem Uh so i haven't actually been working in there because i have no wi-fi signal our fun trick is also that only one outlet in the house is connected to the internet somehow all the others have been wired to the satellite tv yes my head is exploding so i'm wondering if having an orby modem will help enough to solve our problem or if i need to sort out how to rewire the cable in my office from the outside of the house in order to set up one of the routers or satellites as well is this a thing also six days post five day transfer over here on ivf number two and fet number three no pregnancies yet thanks for still being here for this community love from 1300 square feet with two adults and one emotionally challenged terrier in ventura county well, let me tell you right now, the Orby, best decision I've made in a long time. Uh, Much better than trying to redo my car by by yourself. So let's not, I don't even want to, why you bring that up again? <laughs> why you bring that up again? Uh, so, here's what we ordered. Here's what I ordered. The uh, Orby Ultra Performance Whole Mesh Wi-Fi System, which is the AC3000 and the model code is RBK50. Beauty of the Orbi is you can always add more satellites to it. Uh, don't even worry about expert installation if you're going to order it on the Zon. Um, it's very easy to set up. You download the app on the phone. I think that this would be a great solution for your home. The coverage that we're getting is, I would say, five to ten times better than it was. Especially the be- the you know our bedroom is the farthest back of the house. The modem is out in the office, which is way out here. Um, and if your satellite gets a signal from the network, then you're going to have a pretty decent signal. So that is what I would recommend. It was very easy. There's only 14 left in stock on Amazon. Go get it. It's 289.90 on sale. I think. I think it's on sale. Looks like it's on sale. I paid more for it. I'm not happy about it right now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. So thank you. And uh, I'm glad that we were able to help people with Wi-Fi today. Yeah. That's just the type of people that we are. Wi-Fi. Little IVF. Little IVF. That's this podcast, guys. Uh, so thank you all very much. Now, 
like to remind you all as we're wrapping this up you can support us on patreon you get two bonus episodes a month it's patreon.com forward slash excellent adventure big thanks to our true eggheads as we call them uh if you support us at the five dollar level or above you get your name right of the podcast each week by week i mean month and uh you get the back catalog there's a ton of episodes out there so if you're blowing through our catalog and you're like i need more there's plenty more head over to patreon.com forward slash excellent adventure so thank you to the following eggheads paula Pretty and Bean Town. Rachel Lander. Rachel Downey. Rachel Kuzma. Robert Olson. Sabrina Stern. Sandra. Sarah Prager. Sarah Rystad Long. Sarah Lewis. Sarah Swift. Sarah Yim. Sherry Olson. Siri K. Gasky. SJV. Stephanie Thompson. Stephen Azar. Susan Fisher. Susanna Ludwig. Tanya Kerchemin. The Holterman Clan. The Kembles. Tyne Ludwig. Tracy Jury. Tracy Johnson. Victoria D. Sandy Berry. Alexandra Faye. Amanda Lanceter. Amanda Stram. Andrea. Anna Appleton Clayton. Anonymous. Ashley Meller. Ashley Wager. Brian Gusky. Carolyn. Chadwin. Christina. Claire Dealey. Danny Cav. Daniel Lucifaro. Deanna McLean. Elsie Dayton. I think it's Elise. That it sure is. I did that the last time, I believe. Oh. Uh, Eliza. Elizabeth. Elliot Anaya. Gita Drury. Greer Watson. Greta. Holla Pur- Holly Purpora. Jackie's Bagnulo. Jane Ennis. Jennifer Simon. Jennifer T. Brennan. Jennifer Wang. Jenny Fick. Joanna Reinwald. Jordan Hamesley. Kaylee Hendrickson. Kalila. Karen Perlman. Kareen Labrie. Kathleen Gilchrist. Katie Combs Pritchard. Katie Joyner. Katie McKenzie. And Carrie L. Thank you all so much for being the true eggheads, as we like to say on this podcast. Be a true egghead. Go to patreon.com forward slash excellent adventure. And I hope you are listening to this as I've put it up correctly. Only time will tell. Bye, everyone. Please, please. This episode of Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure was also brought to you by First Leaf. Start by taking the First Leaf wine quiz to assess your exact wine drinking preferences from sweetness to wine styles to even how adventurous you are in trying new wines. First Leaf will then create an introductory six-pack of wine, all for just $29.95. These wines normally go for at least $20 a piece. Then you can taste and rate your bottles online. First Leaf will take your ratings and select new wines based on your taste for the next shipment. Sign up with the link, and you'll get this exclusive intro offer. Get six bottles of wine for only $29.95 plus free shipping. So, all you have to do is go to tryfirstleaf.com slash adventure. That's six bottles of wine for only $29.95 plus free shipping at tryfirstleaf.com slash adventure.